and welcome to the Global Venturing Review podcast. My name is Jerry Hillis. I'm the editor of Global University Venturing and Global Government Venturing, and I will also bring you the news from Global Corporate Venturing. And yes, we are back after taking a bit of a break in April. My co-host, James Mawson, is currently travelling, so he can't join us this week, but in an editorial piece, he's looked at government funding for technology research and suggests that a rivalry with China could lead to increased investment in the sphere. In a wider sense, however, added intensity in international competition can end up being counterproductive when it leads to a decrease in the kind of cross-border alliances that can help innovative technology being developed and commercialised. I do recommend checking that out. You can find it on all of our three websites, globalcorporateventuring.com, globaluniversityventuring.com and globalgovernmentventuring.com. Now then, let's look at the week's biggest deals. Baidu has spun off the likes of Baidu Video and Zubang in recent years and video streaming platform iKey, in which Baidu owned a majority stake, raised $2.25 billion in an IPO in March. The latest deal involves the corporate's financial services subsidiary Du Man, which has raised $1.9 billion from investors including Taikang, a billion of which will go straight to Baidu. Of course, that sounds big, but it's peanuts compared to Alibaba's and Financial, which is said to be raising cash at a valuation of up to $150 billion. Tencent has led an $820 million Series C round for consumer robotics developer UB Tech that valued it at about $5 billion. Telstra, Hire Group and Credit Ease are also participating in the round, which follows a $100 million Series B two years ago, and which will precede increased collaboration between UbiTech and Tencent, which have already partnered on two robots that have been released in the past six months. Online education has been one of the most notable growth areas in China's VC space, and things appear to be heating up. VIPKid, the operator of a tutoring platform that utilizes international teachers, is reportedly looking to secure $500 million at a $3 billion valuation double that at which it raised money in a Tencent-backed Series C round just eight months ago. It follows news that another player in the sector, iTutor Group, is raising $300 million in its latest round. Indian insurance comparison portal Policy Bazaar is close to raising $200 million in a round that will be led by a $150 million investment by SoftBank Vision Fund. The round will include another corporate, existing backer InfoEdge, and is expected to value Policy Bazaar's parent, ETAC Aces, at a billion dollars, double that at which it last raised funding in October 2017. SF Express, the largest player in China's logistics sector, has invested $100 million in Flexport, the operator of a freight services platform that covers land, air and sea along with adjacent services. The US-based company, valued at $910 million in its October Series C round, counts Bloomberg Beta and GV as investors and has now raised more than $300 million since it was founded in 2013. Soundhound raised $75 million from a corporate heavy investor group early last year and now it's added $100 million from Tencent, Daimler, Orange, Media Group and Hyundai Motor Company at a reported valuation of more than a billion dollars. Soundhound, the developer of AI voice platform Houndify, will put the funds towards an international expansion that will include the opening of offices in China, France and Germany. 
Masterclass, the online education platform equipped with a host of famous teachers, is reportedly on its way to closing a $70 million Series D round. Although the prospective investors are yet to be named, the round will supposedly be backed by insiders, which could include existing investors, Bloomberg Beta and Novel TMT. Masterclass has so far raised more than $56 million since it was founded in 2015. Rivent Sciences raised $1.1 billion in a SoftBank Vision Fund-led round last August with a brief to develop and launch a series of offshoot companies. The latest is Datavent, a healthcare data platform for use in medical research. And the startup has closed a $40.5 million round co-led by Rivent. Datavent disclosed the funding alongside its acquisition of healthcare data technology provider Universal Patient Key. And on Gov, Crescendo Biologics, a UK-based immunotherapy developer spun out from University of Cambridge, closed a $70 million Series B round that featured commercialization firm IP Group, as well as EMBL Ventures, the investment arm of European Molecular Biology Laboratory. Round was led by Andira Partners, the investment firm previously known as Edmund de Rothschild Investment Partners, through its Biodiscovery 5 fund, while Takeda Ventures, the corporate venturing subsidiary of pharmaceutical firm Takeda, Sofinova Partners and Quan Capital, through its Quan Venture Fund 1, also invested. And on the government side, Saraya Capital, the venturing arm of Malaysia's sovereign wealth fund Kazana Nacional, has led a $60 million fundraising round for health tech firm Rapid Microbiosystems. The round was co-led by the Bain Capital Life Sciences Fund and also featured Asai Kasai Medical, Longitude Capital, Quaker Partners, TVM Capital and Richard K. Mellon and Sons. Now then, let's look at funds. Microsoft Ventures has invested in some 50 companies since it relaunched itself as a corporate venturing vehicle two years ago, but has run into identity trouble with people confusing the unit with the similarly named network of accelerators its parent continues to run around the world. Its solution has been to rebrand to M12, while the corporate's accelerator initiative has been renamed Microsoft Scale-Up. And on Gov, the city government of Jerusalem is looking to launch a $130 million venture capital fund to support local biotech startups in areas including medical devices and pharmaceutical technology. The government's contribution to the vehicle would amount to $5.5 million at most, with the remainder supplied by private investors. At least 50% of the fund's resources would go to local startups. Jerusalem hosts an estimated 150 biotech startups and the city is regarded as a national biotech hub due to the presence of Hebrew University and its affiliated Hadassah Medical Center, which together conduct almost half of Israeli biotech and medical research. And on GGV, Ox, a growth capital investor based in the UK and Sweden, has raised $100 million in the first close of its debut fund, with backing from British Business Investments, a part of the British Business Bank. Moving on to exits. Flipkart's board of directors has approved a deal whereby Walmart will pay approximately $15 billion for a 75% stake. SoftBank will sell the 20% stake it paid $2.5 billion for last August at a 60% return, though fellow corporates Naspers, Tencent and Microsoft which invested at an $11.6 billion valuation four months before, will retain small stakes in the Indian e-commerce company. 
Singapore's sovereign wealth fund, GIC, is also among Flipkart's past backers. Medtronic's spin-off, Inspire Medical Systems, has gone public in a $108 million initial public offering that also represented an exit for Johnson & Johnson. Inspire, the developer of a medical device that treats sleep apnea, floated at the top of its range and saw its stock close 56% up from the IPO price on its first day of trading, becoming the latest company to benefit from the IPO boom. Consumer electronics and IoT technology developer Xiaomi has officially filed for an initial public offering in Hong Kong that sources told the South China Morning Post will be about $10 billion in size at a valuation of about $100 billion. Not a lot of CBC involvement in this one. Qualcomm and Nokia's NGP Capital own a combined 0.1% of its stock. But if those figures are correct, it's going to be the biggest IPO since Alibaba in 2015 and will make Xiaomi China's third largest tech company by market cap behind Tencent and Alibaba. Laser developer Enlight has also launched a successful IPO floating above its range to raise $96 million. The Samsung Ventures-backed company hasn't stopped there either. Its shares closed 56% up from the IPO price showing once again that the markets have become a comfortable place for newly public tech developers. There's a big deal on global corporate venturing with more insight into this IPO, so do go and check that out as well. And finally, Meta, a US-based orthopedic device spin-out from University of Colorado, has been acquired by medical technology developer Stryker for an undisclosed sum. Meta has developed an orthopedic device for hip distraction, a procedure used to treat arthritis in young people and a condition called avascular necrosis, where bone tissue is killed due to the lack of blood supply. The device does not feature a perennial post, an element linked to groin-related complications. And with that, let's take a look at people, and quite a lot of them have changed jobs this past week, starting with Tima Davis, who has left Samsung Ventures, a corporate venturing subsidiary of consumer electronics maker Samsung, to become principal at Canopy, a financial technology-focused investment arm of banking group Life Oak Bank Shares. The role is a new position that became effective late last month. Davis will oversee work on investment and incubation strategies that further Canopy's ambitions to innovate in the banking space. He had been with Samsung Ventures as a senior investment manager since 2015. Jonathan Faber, chief financial officer of corporate venturing unit GV, has moved to venture capital firm Section 32, where he will take the same position. He had been CFO at GV, a subsidiary of internet and technology provider Alphabet that was previously known as Google Ventures, since it was set up in 2008. He had been at Google since 2004, when he was hired as a senior financial analyst. Section 32, incidentally, was launched by Bill Maris, founding managing partner of GV in May 2017, with $150 million of capital nine months after he left GV. Imran Kizalbash has left his position as vice president and treasurer of US-based oil services provider Schlumberger. One of Kizalbash's former colleagues said he would remain close to Schlumberger Technology Investments after his departure. And Mike Adams has become a US-based director of corporate ventures at Germany-based air and water filter provider Mann & Hummel Group. Adams moved to Mann & Hummel in March this year after having previously been a principal for just over four years at Eight Rivers Capital 
an energy, sustainability, transportation and communications technology developer. Jessica Verrilli has departed social media company Twitter to return to GV. In October 2015, Verrilli turned to social media company Twitter less than six months after leaving to join GV. She left Twitter again in December 2017, having initially joined the company in 2009 and risen through the ranks to become Director of Corporate Development and Strategy in 2014. During her first stint at Twitter, Verilla was involved in the acquisition of GV-backed live streaming app Periscope in early 2015. Verilla will be GV's only female investing partner. Gerd Götter has left Germany-based industrials group Siemens after nearly 20 years. Since joining what was then known as Siemens Venture Capital and is now called Next47 in late 2000, after 13 years in the corporate's engineering team, Götter has invested in more than 50 transactions and taken more than 25 directorships and board observer positions. Dong Soo Kim, one of South Korea-based conglomerate Samsung's most experienced corporate venture capitalists based in the US, has meanwhile joined electronics group LG to set up a new venture fund, though more details have not yet emerged. Gareth Keane, US-based investment manager at Qualcomm Ventures, has left to join venture capital firm Promus Ventures, following a shake-up of the chipmakers' corporate venturing units, American Teams. Keen had been at Qualcomm Ventures for nearly six years, having joined in 2012 after Texas Instruments' acquisition of National Semiconductor the year before. And Marek Rubazinski has left media company Sky, where he was director of its startup investments and partnerships team, to join UK-based gaming platform developer Polystream as chief commercial officer. Sky had hired Rubazinski in 2008 to be its director of business development, a role that included responsibility for over-the-top video agreements with partners including gaming systems Xbox and PlayStation. Rubazinski began managing Sky startup investments and partnerships in 2015, partly through corporate venture unit Sky Ventures, before announcing in October 2017 he would step down to pursue new opportunities. And finally, on global university venturing, we have Enmotion, an accelerator backed by University of Nebraska-Lincoln, which has promoted Carlos Estrada from core mentor to managing director. Estrada will also serve as entrepreneur-in-residence at NU Tech Ventures, the tech transfer arm of University of Nebraska-Lincoln, having been a visiting entrepreneur-in-residence since 2016. At Enmotion, he will be responsible for recruiting teams and guiding them through the 90-day program before they pitch at an annual demo day. And that, dear listener, is it for another week of the Global Venturing Review podcast. As always, we just don't have time to cover everything, so do head on over to globalcorporateventuring.com, globaluniversityventuring.com, and globalgovernmentventuring.com for all the other news. If you do have any feedback, feel free to email me. You can reach me at thealers at globaluniversityventuring.com. That is T-H-E-L-E-S at globaluniversityventuring.com. Leave us a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you download this podcast from and recommend us to your friends and colleagues. And thank you very much to all of those that have already done this. It is very much appreciated. With that, I wish you a productive week. If you're listening to this on Monday in the UK, I hope you are enjoying the bank holiday weekend. And I will speak to you again next week. Goodbye.
Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.